Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Night Football. Welcome to our Premier League Weekend Preview Show. Uh, yeah, we haven't actually done this in a while, now that I think about it, but uh, it's great to be back doing this, and it's great to have Gaurav back on the show. Gaurav, welcome once again. It's nice to have you. It's always, it's always good to be on the show, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, we had you for the review for last week, so now we're going to have you for the preview for this one. So we'll see what has changed the last four days. And we've got Saga back on the show as well. Saga, first time in 2022 that we're having you on the show. Uh, always a pleasure to have you. So, yeah, hi, Rohit. Always a pleasure. Yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys are excited. But um, got some big games this week to cut this weekend to cover actually. So we'll we'll get into it. We'll jump into it. Now I don't like to start usually with 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 United, but we'll start with that because there's a lot of breaking news around around, around them, and we kind of gonna have to talk about it. Uh, so I'll come to you, Saga, first on this one. Uh, obviously the big uh, issue right now, the debate between Ronaldo and Maguire, and what's gonna happen with the captaincy. Um, what do you make of the whole situation, number one? And number two, do you, do you think Maguire should be stripped of the cap or should be removed as captain of the club? Uh, yes, I definitely feel uh, he should be stripped of the captaincy because uh, that, that won't be nice to bench your captain. So if, if, if he is removed from the captaincy, at least the manager you know, uh, doesn't have to find any excuse uh, to play him in the starting eleven. So, yes, I, I would really love to, you know, give him a break, not maybe permanently strip him of the captaincy. But, yes, he, he needs some time off, I feel. And if there is someone uh, who needs to be given the captaincy, uh, I would love to see Bruno or maybe Dehaya to don the captain's armband. Hmm. See, that is an interesting point, Azaga, because, Gaurav, I think the, the consensus right now, at least as far as this report is concerned, is that... Um, Maguire, Ronaldo doesn't want Maguire to be captain, but I think he's betting the consensus that maybe Ronaldo should be captain. Do you see that as a good move? Um, a, removing Maguire from captaincy and then B, giving it to Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Do you see either of those as good moves or do you think that that might be detrimental to what, to what is already a really, uh, you know, a delicate situation, for lack of a better word? Definitely, definitely. I think uh, Maguire is he's already short of confidence, you know, the way he's playing and the criticism around him. And if you remove him from the captaincy as well, I think, I don't think whether he'll make back in the team. Like, if you, you know, mm -hmm. remove him as a captain, then you probably drop him to the bench as well. Yeah. So, ideally, I don't think that's the right decision. But you never know what will happen. If And if he's removed as a captain and the captaincy is given to Ronaldo, then it's even worse. Is it? I think. Yeah, I mean, you know, see, here's what I think of the whole situation. I mean, one, I mean, if you if you bench Maguire, then he's not the captain anyway, because he's not going to be on the field. He's not going to have that armband. I, I do think the issue for me is I we rarely see captains being stripped of captaincy. I mean, Obama Yang was, you know, one case, I think, with disciplinary issues. But you rarely see someone being stripped of captaincy if, for not playing well. That doesn't usually happen. Like, captains don't play. They don't get stripped of the captaincy. Um, I do feel that he should not be captain. I would like Ronaldo to be captain, not because I think he's a very good leader, not because I think United will suddenly win the Premier League if he's captain. I don't think it will change anything. But the good thing about Ronaldo being captain is I don't see United making the Champions League this season. or I don't see them making top four. Um, I just don't see it. So Ronaldo will leave at the end of the season if once United are in the Europa League or the Conference League. They might even not be in Europe at all, but whatever. Um, and then you leave. And what that does is for the new manager... He doesn't have to worry about, and he can name his captain. He doesn't have to worry about being thrust a captain from the previous regime. Like for Ralph, he couldn't change the captaincy because you know Maguire was there. He wasn't going to change it. But for the new cap, for the new manager, he can say, "All right, 
previous captain is gone, I can decide who I want to be the captain. So that's why I feel Ronaldo is a good choice for that reason. Because then, you know, the burden of picking a new captain is, is not like of keeping the same captain is doesn't exist. So the way I think about it, I think that's a good idea just from that selfish perspective. But then, you know, the new manager can decide, well, do I want Maguire to be captain? Do I want Bruno? Uh, whereas if you have Maguire as your captain and then the new manager comes in and he goes, well, I want to change my captain, but I can't because, you know, he's still at the club. So anyway, that's my take. I think it's a good, isn't it? I don't see it changing anything much. I don't see Ronaldo becoming captain is suddenly going to make United world-class or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, that's... I I honestly think, Rohit, it should be a player's choice, you know, who should be the captain and not exactly the managers. Look, how it is a city right now that Pep has given complete freedom to the players. You know, they have to pick their captain and we have kind of like floating captains, you know. Sometimes it's Fernandinho, sometimes it's De Bruyne, sometimes it's Diaz. Yeah, see, that works like if, in a team like City where the manager has full control, right? Um, the yeah. way that, and Paul Lins actually said this, that the way that man, the captain is basically the manager's voice on the pitch. The manager tells you what you want to do, and the captain kind of tells the players what to do. If you have, if you united the players, they all, they are, you know, pretty much they all brands. They're not players, they're brands, and they all each have their personal interests. And if you tell the ask the players who should be the captain, they might not choose the right person. They might just choose somebody who they like, right? Not somebody yeah. who should tell them. Yeah, and the That's and the, the problem. problem is, yeah. I think there's not a perfect captain material in that United team. There isn't. Right now, there isn't. You know? No, that's for sure. There isn't. And that's why that's why I said it's better to give it to Ronaldo because then at the end of the season, the manager can decide who I want to be my captain. He, he might, it might be someone from out of the club as well. He might bring in, um, you know, in an ideal world, if uh, Eric Ten Hag is hired, spoiler, he's not going to be hired. But if he is hired, he might say, I want Delict. Let's let's go and bring Delict into the club and maybe then he'll make him his captain. Now this will happen. This is fantasy world. I will then wake up from my dream. When this happens, I will wake up from my dream. But you know, um, sorry, you were saying something before God interrupted you. So sorry about that. I don't know if you remember your thought process. Sagar, can you hear us? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were saying something before God said something. So uh, no, yeah, my my just uh, whole point about uh, you know stripping Maguire of captaincy was you know till the time he's the club captain, uh, you can't uh, you know bench him. Mm-hmm. And considering his recent performances. And not exactly recent, since a long time. So, you know, he doesn't deserve to be in the playing 11, at least for uh, a foreseeable time. So, I think that's the only reason where I'm, you know, asking, uh, you know, I wish uh, he should be stripped of the captaincy. Otherwise, I don't think uh, changing the captain would make much of a difference right now. Yeah, that makes sense. If you take him off the captain, so you can then drop him. Because that, I think I, I don't think people care much about him being captain or not. Because if he doesn't play, he's not going to be captain anyway. But I think they just, they, yeah. I think a lot of people feel that as long as he's captain, you can't drop him, and that's the problem. But I mean that that's exactly, exactly. Um. Anyway, let's let's talk a little bit about the game because there is a game this Sunday for United. Let's just talk about it as well since we're on the topic. Got Um. Leeds are in bad form. They are pretty much in bad shape. Um. But. This is a chance for them because United always give chances to every team. Uh, do you see? Uh, I mean, the one thing that leads the, the one thing that leads, I think, that uh, worse than anybody else is they make United's midfield look competent. They're one of the few teams that can make United's midfield look competent, um, and they're going to be missing a lot of players. Um, do you see them being able to maybe contain United? Do you see them? Be, how do you? Because they're missing Calvin Phillips. Stuart Dallas is a doubt. Um, I think Bamford is out long term as well. They're missing quite a lot of players. Um, how do you do you see that there's a structure that they can use to maybe contain them? Yeah, I don't think so. I think uh, they are missing some important players and their defense has been really leaky mm-hmm. as well this season. 
you know, like they kind player kind of looks like they're exhausted by playing that high tempo last season. So I honestly don't think they will contain United, and most probably it should be a win for you, yeah. Manchester United. Yeah, the only threatening point though is if Maguire does play, then Daniel James plays as a central striker these days, um, and that that is a match that is made in. Well, in Daniel James's heaven, that is a match made in Daniel James's heaven because all he has to do is just take the ball and then Maguire will be backpedaling and he can just have shots. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, that's uh, going to be a problem. I saw that in terms of the starting lineup, I mean, obviously the, the, the key issue, I mean, in midfield, we know what it's going to be. It's probably going to be McTominay, Pop and Bruno. That's probably going to be his three. It might start Fred, but the front three, though, um, you, you see, I mean, maybe Ronaldo picks himself right now, um, but then you're two white players, what do you see? Um, as who do you want to see as your two white players in this one? Uh, I think Elanga and uh, probably, yeah, Rashford. We, we don't have, uh, you know, much of choices. Oh, you wouldn't so do maybe, Sancho? Sancho. Uh, Sancho, I would love to, you know, uh, see him in the second half. Uh, maybe coming on <clears> as an impact sub. We also have a, a game coming up uh, midweek uh, mm-hmm. against Atletico. So, maybe... You know, uh, I I I would like to see Rashford starting so that we don't have to start him against Atletico. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, it's very interesting. You know what? I, it makes sense from a certain perspective. That I think about it, if Rashford was in form or just in somewhat form, I think I would have been said yes. But well, I, I I don't I don't think Rashford should start. I think Sancho should start both games. You start this one and Atletico because I I don't see any reason why Rashford should start the game. Yeah, ideally he should start both the games, but I I would want you know him to save some of his uh, uh, energy. He's not for played the much. Sagar, he's been he's been rested for the first half of the season, so it's okay. Yeah. Sancho will be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was yeah, I was yeah. that is what I was going to say. He hasn't played you know that much. That he will be exhausted at this point. So definitely, yeah. I think it will be uh, Sancho. Ronaldo and probably Rashford on the right wing. Rashford on the right. Yeah, well, Rashford does have a chance here because Leeds do play a high line and Rashford can count us. He does have an opportunity here. Um, I'd like to see Alex Telles. I mean, I'd be interested if he starts Alex Telles as a left winger because I thought he looked pretty good. I know he's a left back, but he looked okay as a left winger and he was actually looking a little bit more threatening than both Alanga and Rashford. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what what uh, Van Nick does. It's funny as well, and you know, comment on this part. We signed Sancho for seventy four million pounds because he needed a right winger, and now he's just become our best left winger. So, you know, it's like it's like we can't catch a break on that right wing. No matter who we sign, <laughs> we just can't find a person to play on that right hand side. Actually, so, oh actually, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, maybe they can try tell us on the right wing because he is left footed. So maybe they can try him there and see if he can. You know. <laughs> Process, you can maybe put in a few balls. I don't know. Anyway, all right, let's move on. That's enough for Manchester United. You know, we don't want to dwell too much on mid table teams. So, uh, we'll move on from this one. We'll actually talk about the biggest game of the weekend because, um, we'll start with, but yeah, you know what? No, let's, let's let's start with um, West Ham against Newcastle. Um, and Gaurav, it looks like Kieran Trippier is going to be out for the season. Do you see that as a problem? Uh, is that a big miss for Newcastle, or do you think they should still have enough to survive education? Definitely, I man. Definitely, I think he has been winning games for them, like you mm. know, last couple of games. And he has been probably, arguably, the best signing of the winter transfer in the, for any team. So they're definitely going to miss him. And I think this could be the final layer in the coffin. They are going down. Oh, my God. Oh, that's a big... Oh, you know, actually, this is a prediction. But speaking of prediction, you forgot to do it. Uh, Sagar, what's your score prediction for United against Leeds? What's your score prediction? I forgot to do that. Uh, <laughs> I think it would be 2-2. Two, two. Two, two. I'm expecting Dan James to score uh, at least one goal or maybe a brace against us. 
2-2 with the 90th with the 50th minute equal, uh, equalizer from Leeds and then United just oh I, I, I don't even want to think about it uh, Gaurav what's, what's your prediction I think 2-2 two two United you know I think it's going to be a bonkers game I think it's going to be something like 4-3 or 5-3 like I just have a feeling that it's going to be that sort of game because both sides really attack a lot but the win will be Leeds and not United be 5-3 to get I'm going to go 5-3 to Leeds I'm just, yeah I just feel like it's going to be one of those bonkers game that Leeds play uh, and I just have, it, it just to me, it just feels like United at the moment, they're not in the right headspace. And so, you know, um, as soon as they go level or they go down, they're going to lose their heads and they're probably going to end up losing the games that they should win. So that's why I think, I think it's only 5-3 to beat. We'll, we'll score some goals in the first half since we are first half FC. So, <laughs> and maybe in the second uh, half, we'll start considering a lot. <laughs> last year, last game, it was second half. So I hope Vanek has learned yeah. that it's better to play. I, I don't know why, but I don't know why, but United look, you know, more nervous when they're one goal up. Yeah, well, because and actually, there's always that 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 uh, yes. that uh, issue. Right? That, that's a fact. That's a yeah. fact. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully, Van has learned that it's better to play. If you're going to only play one good half of football, then you better play the the better half should be the second half, and not the first. Half. Half, yeah. There's no point playing a good first half if you play a bad second half. So at least you can recover in the second half. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, getting back to the West Ham Newcastle game. So, um, West Ham they seem to be doing all right. They had the midweek off, so that that was obviously a good thing for them. Uh, do you see them slow? I mean, at the moment they are kind of struggling a little bit. They managed to get a last minute equalized against Leicester. Um, do you think uh, now we'll start to see the effects of the Europa League because we're going to start that campaign as well soon? Uh, do you see the, do you think that those, the effect of that campaign now is going to affect their top top four challenge? Yes, definitely. So the Europa campaign will have uh, certainly have its effect. And uh, now is the uh, time, you know, when uh, <clears throat> we'll actually see those effects. So maybe it could prove uh, a bit uh, problematic for them, this Europa campaign. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've been even in the Europa's. Sorry? They win it. They don't need to worry. They just need to win the Europa League. They don't need to worry about anything. Frank, frankly speaking, I don't see them going, you know, much far even in the Europa. Uh, but let's let's hope for the best. I, it's always, uh, you know, good to see some English club <laughs> progressing. So well, to be fair, I mean, if 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 we were to go on one game, I don't think Dortmund, Napoli, or Barcelona look that good. Um, if you were just to go on one game, then neither of them look really that good. So there's an opportunity. We never know. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's move. I mean, uh, yeah, let's go. Yeah, I mean, God, what's your score prediction for this one? It's kind of depending we should do it, but yeah, I think 3 1 to West Ham. West Ham, uh, Saga? uh, 2 1 to West Ham. Yeah, I think it'll be something. Yeah, I, I, I don't think West Ham score a lot of goals. I think, um, it'll probably 2 0. My, my guess is 2 0. I uh, to, to West Ham, 2 0 to West Ham, yeah. I think uh, that sounds about right. All right, Arsenal Benford. Let's talk about that one. It's actually a long time since Arsenal last played, isn't it? They didn't play last week. I think it's been what two, three weeks since they last played. And in that time, everybody else has been dropping points, giving them the opportunity. Uh, so I mean, Gaurav, do you think they'll be well rested? Or do you think they'll be rusted? What what do you think is, is gonna be Arsenal's mindset coming into this game? Because I've played for a very long time. <clears throat> it's very hard to comment on that, right? Because uh... Their form has been patchy, Arsenal. I mean, like mm. they have been playing, you know, really good in one game, and the next game they aren't that good. So they have they had a lot of time recently. So I expect them to be well prepared. So, but you never know, you know, playing after a gap of two weeks is always tough. Yeah, yeah, it's been you know they haven't played. So basically, between Jan twenty third 
to now, which is about basically a month, they've just played one game, which was on 15th. That was against Wolves. So that's literally they played Wolves. one game in yeah. almost a month. So, you know. Actually, uh, the the start of 2022 hasn't been uh, very good for them. I think that was the first game they won against uh, Wolves. And, uh, uh, yeah, I believe so. Yes, it might have been. Yeah. Yeah, that was the first win of 2022. And I mm-hmm. think that was the only game where they, they, they didn't get any red card. No, they didn't oh, get no, a red card in that They one. got a red card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that, that is another issue which they need to address. Yeah. So, I mean, that's an interesting point, though, Sagar. I mean, we talk about disciplinary issues. Is it a disciplinary issue? Is it referees? I mean, the fans will say that the referees are against Arsenal. Um, someone says disciplinary issues. I mean, this is something that's been going on for almost two years now. Is there a cure for this? Or is it simply that the kind of players that Arsenal have, that you know, that this is bound to happen and they just have to live with it? Yes, maybe, you know, there's a slight possibility that Arsenal, uh, some of the Arsenal players, they have that reputation, especially Shaka and all. So maybe uh, that could have some, you know, bias uh, in the mind of any referee. But uh, yeah, the refereeing overall has been slightly questionable. So I, I would give them a benefit of doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Gaurav, speaking of ben- so Brentford did beat Arsenal, by the way. They're going for a double here as well, a league double over um, uh, Arsenal. They actually did very well in that first game when you know, I think Arsenal didn't have their best team yet, um, but they were still struggling to figure out that combination. But they've got it now. Do you still see Ivan Tony as being a threat to the Arsenal defense, or do you think that they should have enough now to cope? Uh, they've got that uh, experience to cope now. Yeah. You know, if you see the team on the paper, they have enough to, you know cope against Tony, but you never know with the Arsenal. That's the problem. You, you don't know how many players are going to get a red card. I think uh, we lost call for a second there. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll, uh, there we go. See. Oh, there you go. Sorry, we lost you there for a second after you said red card. So. Yeah, yeah. So I was saying that they have that, you know, uh, I think as Sagar said, Jaga related problem and probably that rubs off to other players as well. You know, when you have young young players, they you know that sort of attitude and that rubs off to you. So that is an issue. And you never know with Arsenal, you know, how good they are going to play, how the defense is going to hold up. But I think they have enough in their team to you know keep Brentford at bay. Yeah. Um I guess Sagar is a, I mean, it's a, bit a bit of an obvious question, but still I think a lot of players left the club. They didn't have, I don't think they bought anyone as such. Do you feel that all of these departures have made Arsenal weaker or has it actually made them stronger uh, now as a team? Uh, uh, as far as defence and midfield is concerned, uh, you know, that, that won't be of much problem to them. But yes, uh, the lack of a striker, especially, uh, you know, they have not signed any replacement for uh, Aubameyang. So that could hurt their chances in the last five to six games, maybe, where they really need to, uh, you know, score. So that could cause them some problem, I feel, towards the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't think Obama was scoring a lot of goals anyway. So I don't think they would, they'll miss his output. They won't miss his output. Yeah, but they, they saved a lot of money, you know, in yeah, uploading him. So they, they could have bought a striker. Yeah. That's well, what to I be fair, they did try. They just were trying for targets that were probably never going to come to an, to an Arsenal. I mean, no more disrespect to Arsenal. Just not the kind of players that come to that, to that club. So yeah, you know that that's just something. But anyway, that that is uh, what's Gaurav. What's his prediction for this one? Uh two nil to Arsenal. Arsenal. Oh. Oh, it's, 
2-0 to Arsenal. Uh, Saga, what's your prediction? Mm, I think it would be 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. Okay, 1-1. One, one. That's a very bold prediction. Uh, not not yeah. said with any bias at all. Uh, that, you no, know. no, actually not. Yeah. Is and, that... and if, uh, just a question. Uh, is Ericsson, uh, is he available for I, this game? I think, I don't think, I don't know if he'll start, but I mean, or play, but he's available to play, I guess. Uh, okay. Last match, he was not uh, match fit, right? Yeah, I guess it was going to take some time. I don't know if he's going to start today, but or, or, or this game. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, one more. Is that the result saga that you think will happen, or is that the one that you're willing to happen that you want it to happen one month? No, I am. You know, if if uh, I would love to see Arsenal lose, but I know that won't happen. So one one is know. something which which I feel is a genuine possibility. Let's see. Let's yeah, well, see. I mean, yeah, well, it's got. I have been wrong most of the times. So, <laughs> let's see. Uh, anyway, that, that's something we'll have to keep an eye on to see uh, what happens there. Anyway, let's move on to Liverpool against Norwich City. That's a massive game as well uh, for uh, uh, Liverpool, but an easy one as well. Um, you know, they need to, I mean, God, they need to keep winning. Basically, there's the equation simple, they just need to keep winning to put, keep pressure on City at this point. Yeah, yeah. I hope they lose, but that's not going to happen. So. And it's a tough question to ask Gola, right? I want them to lose, but they have to keep winning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't see them losing this one, and uh, losing is not an option for them right now. You know, especially the kind of form City have been showing last three four weeks. So, yeah, yeah. Um, Diego Jota will be missing from this game. Uh, is that? A, I mean, at this point, I think it's fair to say that it's a big miss, isn't it, for uh, for Liverpool to not have him because I think he's become such a critical player. Uh, Sagar for for Liverpool, and they'll miss him, and they might not even make the League Cup final, which I think would be the bigger problem. I think they can probably manage without him for this one, but not aiming for the, him for the League Cup final would probably be a bigger miss. Uh, yeah, I think he'll be missed because he was in a good run of form. Uh, but you know they have both their uh, superstars back, so they will compensate for uh, uh, all the absences. Yeah, yeah, they will compensate. I think I think compensate is an underrated, uh, understated word. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it's the other way around. Um, but I mean, speaking of this, because this is actually very interesting what I noticed. You because know, I think at the la- at the start of the season, we were, there was some talk that, you know, Salah is, near, is 30, he is now 30, Mane is, you know, there, there was 30 as well. Firmino as well is, is around, hovering around that age. So it is a, not necessarily an aging front line, but it is a little bit of the one that's getting along in years. And now suddenly, six months later, we've, they've got uh, Luis Diaz, they've got Jogo Jota, they were very close to getting Fabio Carvalho, I'm sure they'll get him in the, in the summer later on. So it looks like Klopp has already started planning, like success planning, like he's already got that uh, going now, where he's saying, okay, I need to, t- I need to, um, you know, uh, decrease the average age of my forward line, I'm doing it. And I think he's done it pretty much successfully, we don't even realize it, but seamlessly transitioning to that. Yeah, he has to, he has to, like, uh, I'm a little, you know, have this feeling that Salah might leave, you know, after you know one more year or so, he might want to play in Spain or somewhere else. You never know. He hasn't signed a new contract as well, I think. Like, yeah, yeah, he has two years remaining on his contract. So you always have to plan for the future. And uh, I think Klopp has seen how City has invested. You know, we signed Bernardo when we really needed, didn't need him. You know, as a probably as a replacement for Silva. So. Basically following the same thing, and I think he's doing it right. He's getting quality signings, younger players. That's what good managers are supposed to do. And uh, 
Klopp and Pep, you know, they they have shown all the clubs uh, how to, you know, uh, proceed, uh, keeping in mind the uh, present as well as the future. So yeah, and they do their job without you know making much of a noise. So that's what I like uh, that uh, quality about Klopp especially. Yeah. Well, Chelsea have done that as well pretty well as well. I mean, you know, um, they brought in Saar now, you know, Reese James, Chilwell, they're already pretty much still young. They still have a lot of time ahead, so they've done that as well. I mean, the midfield, I mean, yes, they still probably, the midfield probably is one area that they might need to invest soon because Kovacic, Jorginho and Kante are not getting any younger, but they do have Gilmore, they do have um, Gallagher coming through, so they have enough there as well. So, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's how good clubs operate, you know. But unfortunately, uh, you know, Sagar, you made the point about not making noise. And I know what you were talking about. But if you don't make the noise, yeah. then you don't get the social media clicks. Those are important, my friend. We need the retweets. We need the likes. Yeah, we are, we about, are united. About, we are, we are, more, know, we are more concerned likes. about those things. Yeah, of the field issues are of primary importance. Yes, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, but anyway, getting back to Liverpool, um, another player who actually has um, impressed, has also impressed and has been from the youth, uh, not just the system, but he's been young as well, is uh, Harvey Elliott, uh, someone who, we actually thought he would be a winger, but he's now turned out to be a really good central midfielder. Again, a player, um, Sagar, who's come pretty much out of nowhere, really, um, but has staked his claim and has taken his spot in the first team. Yeah, and... Uh... He was unfortunate to have that uh, injury. Uh, I think he was ruled out for about three to yeah, four three, months. Three, three, four months. Yeah, yeah three yeah. months. Yeah. So he was just getting into the groove, and unfortunately, that injury happened. But uh, yes, he's back now, and uh, I think he played the last game. Yeah, yeah, he played against. Uh, yeah, um, he, he's Inter Inter Milan. He did play against Inter Milan. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it will be a good boost for Liverpool to have him back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, anyway, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I mean, I guess the next step will be to be, to um, decrease the edge for the midfield and then probably they'll move on to the defence. So they'll do it in, in stages, I guess. Probably because, I mean, I guess the midfield as well, if you look at Henderson, uh, is probably quite old as well as is... Um, Fabinho. Fabinho, yeah, Fabinho. And even Diago is quite, you know, he's al- al- almost 30. Oh, he doesn't look it, but yeah, he's probably there. So yeah, they probably need something. There as well. Anyway, oh yes, the thumbs up, yes, thumbs up. But he's not thumbs up guy anymore. He actually does a little bit of stuff. So yeah, he's actually improved a lot. Anyway, uh, what got a result? What do you think? Liverpool now which one? Uh, I think they're going to score a lot of goals. So probably a four nil to Liverpool. Yeah, Sagar. Uh, I'll go one up further. Uh, I think five nil. One goes four. One goes five. Should I go six? You know what? No, I I will go five one. I'll go five one. I'll give one to. I'll be positive for Norwich and I'll say they'll score a goal. Against Liverpool, so yes, five one. That's that's because it's going to get. But yeah, they're going to win. Liverpool are going to win. Um, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, that, that's just the way it goes. So yeah, uh, let's move on. Um, there's actually some very interesting games as well. Southampton, Everton will be nice to watch, uh, especially now with the uh, Ralph Hasenhutl has been linked with the United job. I think that's a pretty uh, safe bet that that will not happen. Um, but he has been linked. Um, you know, got Aston Villa against Watford again. I think Aston Villa one to watch out for next season. Then we've got Chelsea against uh, Crystal Palace. And uh, Chelsea world champions, uh, world club, club world champions. Club That's world champions. Yeah. Nice little, nice little, um, you know, break that they're coming back from. Um, Saga, how much, I mean, it's it's hard to make what to, to make of Chelsea, but surely the fact that Harvard's and Lukaku found some goals against uh, in, in the World Cup, uh, I think that will help them in this, in this you know, going back in the season because they need goals. Chelsea, one thing that they need is goals. They need goals from, from the front line. They are actually getting goals, but uh, not from Lukaku. Yeah, that would and be from the front line. Goals from the front line. Yeah. 
yeah actually the uh, overall front line so yes that's obviously a big concern but yeah as as long as the goals are coming maybe from the defense or the midfield that shouldn't uh, you know uh, that shouldn't be a problem for them yeah but they haven't been getting a lot of goals on the back line when james once james and chilwell went down they weren't getting goals from the wing backs in the midfield um kante is not really a goal scorer neither is kovacic jorginho scores penalties if he gets those but um i thought it's not that much um so that's a, they are heavily reliant on uh, mount and uh, havertz uh, of late uh, mm-hmm. to carry yeah. the entire goal scoring burden yeah for sure um god do you see that as an area of concern i mean i know there's not much they can do now but do you think that is something they would want to address in in, in summer to try to see i don't know what they can do because they just spent 100 million pounds on the striker who 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 wants to go back to inter milan already i don't know um but anyway um do you see that as something that but i don't know do you see that uh, an area that could be addressed in the summer perhaps i don't know what they could do but is there something they can, that they would look to do in the summer to try to get more goals from the front line i honestly think you know they are not going to make a statement signing in that position because you have lukaku until unless you sell him you aren't going to sign a big name player i think and uh, i think they've had a uh, this issue since diego costa left you know they've never really had a reliant goal scorer scorer up front and most of the time the goals have been coming from the you know wings or the midfield or defense so they might want to sort out that issue but i don't know how they are going to do it one of the strikers uh, who is on loan is doing good right uh, yeah amanda roha roha ah yeah i think he still needs some time right i don't think he is as clinical in front of goal yet i i think he needs that a little bit more i think he needs but he he could be a decent backup to lukaku right he could but you i mean yes but what you if he is ready to is... if he is ready to be a backup you know that yeah, uh, i i feel he needs i think he needs one more year where he can just play football like play regularly so maybe a europa league team might be good for him to get some european action so you know um but i i that's my feeling i don't know what you guys think but i just feel he needs one but, more year but, sorry i think the problem is the problem is you know uh, that you need someone to score goals at lukaku is not firing because he hasn't really you know since he signed him so that is the issue like you should be having a good enough backup there probably like jerud they had jerud and i think as he hasn't been you know that famous or all like he hasn't he doesn't store hold that stature but he was really effective for arsenal and even for chelsea so you probably need that kind of striker to have as a backup yeah the issue with having a backup striker who can also score goals is then the backup striker wants to be the starter and then you know they leave so it's hard to get, it's hard to have a backup striker and keep them happy uh you know it's it's very difficult to do that so yeah and you don't want to keep a young player because then they miss out on that development period right so it's always a tricky there was a time There was a time we had four strikers, right? Tevez, Balotelli, Aguero, and Jack. Man had that as well in the treble winning season. They had four strikers. And, well. and now, now you have none. And see how many goals you're scoring. Well, technically, he's counting Jesus as a striker, so they still have one. But I mean, now he's a winger. They're strikers because even Jesus realized that if I want to play, I can't be a striker because Pep doesn't play strikers. I have to become a winger if I want to start. Yes, yeah. so that's the only way I'm starting as a striker. And if I'm a striker, he's not going to play me. So yeah, that, that's what it is. But I mean, there is a striker that's available if anybody wants him. It goes by the name of Haaland. You know, somebody Germany. <laughs> this team are going to be locked out of the Europa League soon, probably. So yeah, I mean, uh, he might. Be He's going to City. He's going to City. I definitely think ah, Manchester. City. Well, I mean, you know, it just makes sense if if Madrid are signing Mbappe. I don't think they have the money to sign both Mbappe and Haaland. So yeah, it does it does all signs point to him going to Manchester City? Anyway. Apparently. 
PSG have offered a 500,000k contract to a weekly contract to Mbappe. Let's see if, if he accepts or not. Yeah, well, I think Haaland will go. Well, I mean, Madrid will get at least one of the two. So if if Mbappe is staying at PSG, then I think Madrid will sign Haaland because they will Certainly. want. But uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and as much as yeah, and I don't think City will want to do that kind of that that want. They don't usually get into bidding wars. So. If Madrid are in there, I don't think I don't think City will want to compete with that. Not that they can't, but I think they'll just want to avoid it. Um, but anyway, but there have been really rumors, you know, that uh, some of the City, you know, some of the famous City bloggers that it is a done deal apparently, Alan to City. Like they uh-huh. have agreed everything, and they're just waiting for the season to end. But I don't know how true that is. This, this, yeah, like, there's a guy who broke the, you know, Bernardo Silva to City news when no one really knew that was happening, and he has just said that. Well, yeah. So the, according to reports, Mbappe to Real is also done, right? So that's those are yeah. is done. So if that is done, then you know, then it makes sense that there's and there's there's only two teams then who can afford Holland, that City and PSG. And I don't think he'll want to go to PSG right now. So uh, you know, I think he'll go to City. Yeah, yeah. And in which case, we should probably just say goodbye to to any hopes of anybody else winning any trophies in England at least for the next three years or however long he decides to say because yeah, that's not just not going to happen. Anyway, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about City in a second, but yeah, um, yeah let's, let's get back to Chelsea um, against Palace. Uh, Gaurav, what do you think is going to be the score? I think it's going to be a 1-1 one, one draw. I mean, speaking of that, actually, I did want to touch on Crystal Palace as well, because we actually spoke about, um, you know, uh, needing more goals from Wilfred Zaha. And Zaha is someone who always, you know, we always, whenever, whenever I've seen it, they always say, he should be playing at a higher level. He should be playing at a higher level. That you know, and I, I just feel like he's been, he was priced out. Of course, Palace kept asking for 80 million pounds, which nobody was going to pay for him. Uh, you know, so my question, I guess, uh, Sagar, to you is, and I always ask this question: Is he a player who has that higher level in him? Can he go up a level, or th- is this no? No, I don't think so. Uh, this is his ceiling. Yeah, he can do good at uh, Crystal Palace, or maybe. At clubs like West Ham or maybe Leicester, but not about that. I think he's good enough for uh, mid-table teams, but uh, certainly not the you know top four ones. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I'm not sure. Maybe you could try move abroad. I don't know why people are so reluctant to. You know, you could go to Sevilla, like Marcia went to Sevilla. You could go to Sevilla or Valencia. You know, where you get to play some European football. Maybe the money. Part of it, you don't make as much money. But anyway, Sagar, what do you think is going to be the, the final score for this one? Mm, I think uh, Chelsea uh, would win this. Uh, maybe 2-0. 2-0. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, Vera, it's Vera against Chelsea. Vera doesn't like losing to Chelsea. So, I'm sure he's going to do whatever it takes not to try not to lose. It's hard to break, though. Crystal Palace are a very up-and-down team. I think they're very inconsistent. So I don't they even... have not been on a, on a good run of late. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm giving a 2-0 to Chelsea. That's the reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard for me to break. Uh, but you know what? I don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, it might, I think I'm going to go with Gaurav. I think it'll be a draw. I think it might be a 2-2 draw. That's what I'm going to go with. I think, but I think it'll be a draw because I just feel feeling that Chelsea will be a bit jet-lagged as well um, from their excursions and then, you know, um, Palace will be up for it, so yeah. It's and playing at Sellers Park is always an issue, you know. Yeah, definitely difficult as well. Yeah, Sellers Park as well, never easy. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, the big, the big one: City against Tottenham. Uh, is it a big one? I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh, Tottenham, <laughs> incredibly, they, if they beat City, they'll do the double over them. I mean, for all the things to talk about for 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 a team of all the teams that could do a double over City, I think that might be very embarrassing to have to have a double against Spurs. Um, no disrespect to them. Well, yes, well, there's some disrespect there, but anyway. 
Um, Gaurav, uh, I mean, you know, we'll start off with Spurs here because um, Conte again spoke about how, uh, you know, it's a different model. Uh, you know, he's uh, not got the players, you know, they, they let four players go, they got two players, and apparently uh, Kulisevsky and Benton you know, they're international players, but they are one for the future. I, I don't know how that works, but anyway, that's what he said. Um, is it, do you think it is um, just mind games to try to take the pressure off of himself, um, you know, of trying to qualify for top four? Or do you think this is he's setting the stage to say, thank you very much, Sayonara, I'm leaving in the summer. But, you know, um, uh, but you, I mean, again, we spoke about this in the previous show, so we talked about Conte's mindset. And then again, he comes out with these statements. Uh, is he setting the stage for something in the summer? Or do you think this is just his way of saying, I can't work with this team right now, so there's nothing to expect? I think that's how he's always been, you know, like very upfront with the press. If he has, if he sees there's a, some problem with the club, he always says that in the press. And I honestly think that's a bad thing, you know, like uh, the players feel the heat as well. They probably think they are not good enough for the team. They probably won't give 100%, as we discussed in the last episode as well, you know. Mm -hmm. The manager saying the team is not good enough, then why would the players be giving 100%? Yeah. But that's how he is, you know, that's how his useless has been. So, I wouldn't read too much to, into it. I think he just says that because so you know, so Levi's knows that what he feels about the team, but that's not going to you change. See the, the, yeah, the honeymoon part between uh, uh, Conte and Spurs is now uh, uh, it has come to an end, and there have been uh, uh, these things popping out. They they won. Uh, they have lost three back-to-back -back league games. If I'm not wrong, right? Uh, they had, they did lose. I mean, they did lose the last one. I don't think they lost. I think they drew the one before. That. Yeah, they they lost three back to back. Yeah, they, they lost could, against. Could yeah, league games. They they won a game in FA Cup. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they lost to Chelsea, Spurs, Southampton, and Wolves. Yes, that's right. Three back. -to -back. Yeah. So yeah, uh, apparently I feel Conte has found out uh, what what it's uh, you know <laughs> like to be at first. So maybe yeah. Yeah, the transfer window was uh, a great chance for him to make some uh, additions. He did make actually a couple of additions, but you know now giving excuses like like uh, we have lost four players and we have got only two. I don't think uh, you know uh, this this goes uh, you know this won't go down very well. Uh, with the players. Let's see how, how things turn out. Well, to be fair, I mean, when you won Traore and you won Kessia and then you end up with uh, Benton Kerr and uh, Kulisevsky, maybe he, he wanted those players who would be here for the present. I guess that's how Conte always works. I don't think he likes developing players. I think he likes the fact that he can get very many players and he likes to change and switch. Um, anyway, um, uh, Sagar, if, if Spurs don't make the top four, do you see Conte saying, bye-bye, I'm done, I'm leaving? Or do you think he'll stick it out? Uh... Yes, that could be a possibility because, you know, uh, he won the league title with uh, Inter Milan and immediately he left. So, yes, he's very unpredictable. Plus, the uh, possible opening up at United could tempt him. Uh, yeah. I don't think our board would go for him. No, but that's yes, not. maybe that, that could be a possibility. I actually don't want uh, him at United. He could so... go. He could go to PSG because you know, their manager will be fired. If as soon as they go out of the channel. Yeah, but they, they have their eyes set upon uh, Zidane, right? So Yeah, but I think Zidane wants a friend job. It's a whole mishmash, right? Yeah, Zidane <laughs> wants a friend job. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, that's that's a, that's a possible. Lots of rumours going on. So Yeah, we don't know. I, I have a, I have a very good on my mind, which I'll play later. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll come to that. Um, Gaurav, um, so now here's one interesting thought, you know, speaking of things. You, uh, 
there's a certain there's a certain club in red that needs a striker and there's a certain striker that's waiting there who's, who's totally dying to get out of that club he wants out of that club do you see this summer that Harry Kane will go you've not made the Champions League you got weird Conte we still didn't make the Champions League uh, you know, and will he be trying to push on with Manchester United? He wanted to go to Manchester, but we'll go to the other Manchester this time. Because United, well, Farnick has said they're going to sign a striker. It's one that it makes sense from United's perspective. You know, England international, England captain, uh, you know, someone who's obviously got a big brand around him. So, do you see do you see Harry Kane and United maybe pulling strings to try to get him there? I think so. I don't think Sid is going to sign him. You know, well, the sign Kane Haaland. is gone. There's no way they're going to sign him. Yeah. yeah, even if they don't sign Haaland, I don't think they're going for Kane. That train is left. But problem is, you know, uh, Kane is what? He's like 29. That doesn't matter. 29. Yeah, that doesn't matter. We send 35-year-old strikers, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, the, but the problem is, like, uh, Levi will be asking 100 million again for him. You know, I read today only that City offered 80 million plus 20 million in bonuses. And he said straight up front that I want 20, 120 million and, you know, excluding bonuses and all. So I don't think he's going to sell him for anything less than 90, mm. 95 million. So that is an issue. Do you pay that much money for a 28, 29 year striker who has had injury issues, you know, for the last couple of seasons as well? Well, I mean, the question will come down to um, how many T-shirts he can sell and how many likes he can generate. And, I, and I'm being serious. I'm not even joking. It's funny if it was not true. But yes, those are things that they will look at. They look at those kind of factors, right? So if he has got that value, then they will probably go for him. I, I have a feeling Declan Rice is the priority. Again, another 80 million. And then they'll probably sign Kane as well for 100 million. Because I think he'll get, he can come for 100 million. I don't think they'll need to. The question, yeah. of course, is whether Levy will let him go because apparently he hates United. So we didn't let Kane go to Manchester United, I think, but I think they'll they'll spend that money um, and obviously then ignore everything else. But yeah, that, that's that's what my feeling is that I was just thinking about it because United need a strike and there's Harry Kane waiting, you know, to try to get out of there. But anyway, let's talk about Manchester City now. I think that's enough for us. We'll talk about Manchester City. Um, again, a juggernaut that just keeps rolling. 5 0 against Sporting Lisbon looked pretty good. Um, also had a pretty comfortable win as well before that um, in the league as well. So it looked fairly settled. Um, I guess the only question, I mean, they don't really have a midweek commitment. So, uh, what is their strongest lineup at this one, Gaurav? I think that's the question. What is City's strongest lineup? Does it have Jack Grealish in it? Do you or doesn't? I mean, I know he's injured; he's not going to play anyway. But does does City's strongest lineup have Jack Grealish on it or, or in it, or do you think they're you know better off without him? The problem is Sterling's form. You know, the kind of form he is, he's not going to be dropped. <clears throat> and uh, you have uh, Mahrez on the right wing uh, that isn't, Pep isn't going to drop. And then you have to play Foden as well. And he has been playing really good as a false knight. So the only place for Jack Grealish is on the left wing. And that's only going to happen if Sterling is out of form. And I don't see that happening for, you know, in the near future. He scored a really good goal against Sporting. So at current moment, I don't think Grealish is going to start in, you know, being mm-hmm. there starting eleven. Yeah, no, that, that, makes, that makes a little sense. So, uh, we'll talk about centre-back pairings. Uh, do you like, I mean, it's like choosing between three very, very expensive bottles of wine, so you know you're not going to go wrong anyway. But anyway, do you prefer Diaz and Laporte? Do you prefer Laporte and Stones? Or do you prefer Diaz and Stones? What do you prefer? As your, as your uh, Actually, it, you know, either of them, you know, whichever pairing you choose, they're not going to concede a goal. That's a fact. City's defense, not just defense, City's entire team is like a very well-oiled machinery, you know, absolutely flawless. You know, I, I hate to admit this, but <laughs> that's a fact. 
you absolutely cannot you know point out any flaw in the city team right now so you know it doesn't matter whether it's a diaz stones pairing or maybe lapot and uh, stones i i don't think it really matters they are not going to concede in any case so well, I mean, yeah i mean otherwise i think i don't think spurs have enough to trouble uh, city anyway so for this one <laughs> that's and, the whole problem yeah it's rare it's rare that the team has three good center halves and normally teams have two good center halves and they have an adequate backup it's very rare that you have like three very good center halves all playing in the same team and all happy apparently to play in that team so it's it's, uh, it's interesting <laughs> uh, to know that. and here we we have four center backs and still we haven't yet figured out <laughs> and, you know that? that's just yeah i, I don't even yeah, let's let's not get get there yeah, yeah. let's not get there you know Yeah, I personally think that Laporte and TS pairing is, you know, brings that balance to the team. Especially Laporte being a left-footed, so you know, DS get to play on the right. We, which I think he prefers. He did struggle when he played against Stones. Like the pairing was really good, but he did show us, you know, sort of an issue playing on that left center back role. He doesn't want to use his weaker foot, and that was a flaw that was being targeted for some games. So I. prefer you know laporte and diaz at the moment i think it makes sense as well you start the port because cancelo plays on the left but he's right footed so you know yeah. then it makes if you have four right footed defenders it makes your defense to right footed so having one left footed defender at least helps you over in that way so yeah. that does bring a little bit more balance as you say otherwise you have four right footed um you know across yeah. the back it's not always the best thing so yeah for that reason maybe but yeah as aga said it's actually true it doesn't matter who you play um city find a way to win anyway so yeah it's like um yeah it's another one that that's coming in the bag uh anyway uh, so, you know there's uh, what was this, what's saga what's his score prediction for this one mm, i think 3-0 for city you know for city yeah got up uh i think 2-0 to city and see this yeah, the goal always goes one goal lower than what saga goes saga said right usually 5-0 and 4-0 um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a question of how many City will score, right? Because they will win. It's just a matter of how many they will score. Yeah. Because I, I don't see Spurs. I, I feel Spurs are too demoralized. Um, yeah, it just makes sense. You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say three. I'll say three nil as well. Three nil makes sense. Four nil might be a bit too much. So three nil is probably. I don't think City do four nils. Uh, they suddenly score three, and then they go, yeah, that's enough. Okay, yeah, let's let's now keep the ball. Let's play with the ball now a little bit. Yeah, we, we've got our three goals. It's okay. <laughs> that's what that's what happened against uh, in the sporting game right they they were 4-0 up in the first half and i was expecting like a 7-0 rout but uh, they just <laughs> scored one goal in the second half just scored yeah, one funny. goal yeah. Yeah. yeah no i was pep pep said that he wanted more so you know i, I don't know maybe spurs are going to say they can still play better so i don't know how much more better you can make 5-0 So pep, said, pep said he was not happy with the first half performance. And, uh, I said wow. now I, I, what, was he yeah. expecting seven nil in the first half? And of course, Conte is going to be thinking, like, "What the hell does he mean? And what did he expect from me?" And Spurs are going to be, I don't know, like lambs to slaughter. I guess I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe yeah, you probably have to play like uh, maybe uh, you've got three defenders and maybe three, three, three central defenders, defensive midfielders as well. They like play like three, three, two or something like that. They just have like you know. Uh, I can play a three-three-two. No, the, the math is not right on that one. No, maybe like a three-three, uh, two, and then one or something. I don't know. Yeah, three-three-two-two or something. Yeah, just try to have as many defenders as you can and hope that they can concede less. But anyway, all right. Uh, and on that note, uh, we're almost at the end for our show. I think it's been a fantastic uh watch. Uh, so final questions for you guys. Um, who do you think? If I mean, you know, for those who do their fantasy Premier League stuff, um, who do you think is a player to watch out for? 
Or I think Salah. They would pick for your for your fantasy team. Salah. They are playing Norwich and uh, Liverpool always score five six goals against them. So I think Salah. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So Salah. Uh, Salah. Uh, yeah. Salah for me too. I have made him my captain for two reasons. Uh, they are playing Norwich. They also have one more game. It's a double double, double game, game yeah. for them. Yeah. So Salah is certainly uh, you know someone who will give you lots of points. Okay. So, That's a little bit of a cheating because yeah. they have two games. So yeah, you pick Salah, but. Okay, well, you know, this this was the perfect time to play the wild card uh, because you know they, they, yeah. there are yeah there are three I think six or seven teams uh, six or eight teams who are having a, a double game week so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> makes sense well you know what I will I will stay from Liverpool I will treat this game as its own game and for that reason I will say because Wolves are playing Leicester City. Make pick a pick a defender for goals. They don't score goals, and Leicester City have some problems scoring them these days. So yeah, pick pick a team. Actually, they consider or Leicester actually have a problem conceding goals. They concede goals from the most five minutes uh, straight from kickoff and things like that. They just yeah, they're struggling. So pick a player from Wolves, you know. And I'm not just saying this because I want Wolves to lose so they don't get into that top four race. But you know, pick a player from Wolves. That, that's not my prediction there. Pick a player from that. Uh, pick a player from City. Uh, you know, I think they maybe pick the Maris. Actually. Uh, you know, uh, from the Wolves team, uh, Raul Jimenez could really be a surprise pick because he has got some form recently. Mm-hmm. He scored a couple of goals. Uh, so, I think he, he could be one to watch out for this week. Uh, yeah, I'll pick Mahrez. You know what? Pick Riyad Mahrez. Pick Riyad Mahrez. You do that because, you know, then at least if nothing else, you can jinx it's, it. Really it's good. always tough to, you know, pick a player from the City team and make him a captain because you never know who, who's going to end up scoring goals for City. It's a very tricky... You never know. You know. Squad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've heard that. Yes. But anyway, all right. on that note, thank you so much, Gaurav. Thank you so much, Sagar, for joining me today. All the best to your teams and your, for your weekends. I hope the games go as you expect, as you plan. Um, and obviously to have you on the show and hear your insights. Uh, thank you so much, guys. Uh, if you did enjoy this show, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the channel. Um, we're just about getting close to 500 likes on Facebook. So as I've said, yeah, please do remember to hit the subscribe button, get us there. Uh, and we're also very close to 150 subscribers on YouTube. So please do help these two uh, like our channel there as well so we can get those numbers up. Uh, you know, we really appreciate your support. And, you know, we can then keep producing such great content that you would like to listen to. So on that note, enjoy. I also share your comments. Let us know what you think about the games that are coming up. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think of the whole United captaincy issue and uh, about, you know, Spurs and their, and their manager, well, down? what's happening. So let us know as well. Uh, in the meantime, have a good weekend. Uh, enjoy. And we'll see you again very soon. Take care. Bye-bye.